I am a Pomona girl, um, Inland Empire kind of person. Uh, early 50s was when I was born. Had a, a traditional family. Um, my brother, who was 11 years older than I was, my mom and my dad. Uh, my dad worked two jobs. He was a postal carrier and a gardener, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, there was no alcohol ever in the house. Oh, that's not true. Sometimes my dad would want the garbage people to take an extra heavy load away, and he'd put a six-pack of beer on top of it, and, oh. and it would disappear. So my parents didn't drink. And um, my brother and I, neither one of us really knew anything about alcohol um, from our early years anyway. And um, when I started babysitting for him, though, because he moved out of the house when I was about 10 and uh, got married, had kids, and I would babysit for them. Um, <clears throat> he had some stuff in his refrigerator and he, he kind of wall walked a few times when I saw him. And I thought, oh, OK. So, you know, I, I might have tasted something or other in from the refrigerator when I was babysitting a couple of times. But um, I didn't really start drinking until I was about 17. And my cousin from Chino, same age as I was, uh, her boyfriend had a car and his friend, uh, dad owned a liquor store. So we have a connection, you know. And uh, the first time I actually drank alcohol, I loved it. It was wonderful. Uh, it was like, who has been hiding this from me for so long? And um, I, I had a wonderful time. I was chatty happy and um, I felt euphoric and um, I wanted to do it again right away. And um, and that was something that I kept up for quite a long time. Um, met uh, my first husband at Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor and Restaurant. We both worked there. And um, we formed a merry band of um, friends. And uh, we worked hard and we partied hard. Sometimes we would uh, close down Farrell's and uh, party all night and then uh, drive down to the beach, sleep on the beach during the day and come back up and work at night again. And so, you know, I, I had a lot of fun in my early drinking. Uh, we had a motto, it was everything in excess. Moderation is for monks. <laughs> Take big bites out of life. And so, you know, we proceeded to do that. We uh, went on ski vacations, we went beach vacations, we went uh, camping, um, and alcohol was part of everything that we did, dancing, whatever. It was part of everything. And, uh, it, it, you know, I'd been married a few years and, uh, and we had a child, and uh, my husband started to notice that um, you're drinking a lot, you know, you're drinking every night. So that was about the time I started hiding my drinking, you know, um, 
you, when challenged, you go underground <laughs> and uh, keep a secret, right? And, uh, you know, play it cool. And uh, my drinking um, was always in excess. My drinking was always um, until blackout or pass out, I think, most days. And um, I could fool a lot of people. I even talked my way out of one um, arrest. Um, I made, had to do the perp walk or whatever and uh, convinced the guy that I wasn't too drunk to make it just around the corner to a safe place to crash. And he let me go and, you know, I don't know why. Um, but, you know, alcoholism is a progressive disease. And so, um, uh, you know, I, what I've got to say is um, my drinking continued through that husband, um, <clears throat> through the next husband. Um, and to the point where it was just my daughter and I at home. And she was 20 years old and she had seen my whole run and she was very disgusted with me. Um, she was tired of running herd on me. And um, I got in some trouble at work and I knew the gig was up and I, I asked to, for employee assistance. They got me in to see a psychologist who thought I might need medical help. So he referred me to a psychiatrist. And that guy gave me the lowdown. He said, as I opened the door to his office, he said, I can smell what your problem is from here. <laughs> and he said, I won't treat you. I want you to go down the street to the Behavioral Medical Center in Redlands. And I want you to check in. And I want you to stay there until they let you go. And I want you to stay sober for, a, say, six months, and then I'll see you. Goodbye. And I went home that day, and um, my daughter was there waiting. And what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? And I thought, I don't want to talk about it, you know. And she cornered me on the couch and said, what did he say? And I said, he said, I'm a drunk. And she goes, duh, you know. <laughs> And, uh, and he said he wants me to go away to treatment. Do you think you could run the house for a month? And she said, duh. <laughs> so I called him back and, and I said, um, you know, can I come in on Monday? I have some things to do over the weekend, you know. Got a piece of bills, you know, and all that, and went out and bought a couple of half gallons of vodka. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I made it. I made it into treatment. I called my mom and dad. Um, they'd already lost my brother to this disease. They lost him when he was 30. And then they see me doing the same thing. And um, that must have killed him, you know. And I said, you know, I'm going into treatment. Okay, great. Like, we'll see. 
And um, I called my work and um, I called the place and made arrangements. And I called somebody to come pick me up. And um, how much time do I have? Anybody? Okay. And so I got into that treatment center and they urged us to go to a 6.30 a.m. meeting. And I walked into that meeting and it was the first time that I'd ever seen people with the same problem I had all in a room together and none of them were drinking. And they looked a lot better than I did and they made sense. And I thought, wow, I finally believed it. I finally believed that I was an alcoholic. Um, I was, you know, down to the last moment before I lost my job and lost everything. And um, I think that's where I needed to be to really understand that this is, this is a deadly disease. And uh, I went in and I have remained sober since that point in time. I can't tell you what working the, spe the steps with a sponsor has done for me. Um, it has gotten all of the ick out. And I don't like that feeling anymore. And so the minute that I do something that's against my against my core conduct. I can feel it. I can feel that niggle inside and I know what to do. I know to talk to somebody. I know to call my sponsor and I know to work the program and get rid of that stuff. So I am delighted to be here tonight and to share that little piece. I'm delighted that um, the steps are so strong and so pervasive that I can stay in them and have a great life today. And that's all. Thank you.